All right, well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open it up to the book of Colossians in chapter number one. The book of Colossians in chapter number one. And I, before I forget again, I do just want to remind the teens, don't forget, right after this night service, we're going to be heading right to the elementary chapel to do our teen little Christmas party there, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to start tonight in Colossians chapter number one. I'm going to read two verses, and then uh, we'll pray, and we'll get into what I believe God has for us here tonight. If you're at Colossians, go ahead and say amen if you found it already. Amen. amen. All right. Some of you are kind of fast. Some of you are still getting there. Okay. Sword drills. So how many of you guys have ever played sword drills before? I love doing that with my students. That's how I got to know where my Bible was. I love with the students at Ocala Christian Academy. I do sword drills, and I get to the minor prophets like Habakkuk, and some of you are like, Mr. Castillo, that doesn't exist. Yes, it does. Habakkuk is a book, and sword drills is what helped me get to know those minor prophets while I was getting used to where my Bible's at. But Colossians is where we're going to be tonight. I want you to look with me at chapter number 1 and look with me at verse number 16. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 16. This is what the Bible says. It says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Let's go and pray. <clears throat> Lord, Father, we do love you, and I just come to you tonight here in prayer, and I ask that your Holy Spirit would just empower me to speak the message tonight that you put on my heart, and that I pray that it would just be an encouragement to this church. I pray that it'd be something practical that they can look at, that I can look at, reflect on, even as we leave here tonight. Uh, Lord, you, you've given us so many gifts, um, that, innumerable, Lord, so many things we can be thankful for, and tonight, help us just to look back and reflect on some things maybe that we can give it as a gift back to you. You've done so much for us, Lord, and I pray that we can find something here tonight that would just uh, bring joy to your heart as, as your children, as Christians, Lord, who follow you. And Lord, I do pray that if there's anybody sitting under the sound of my voice here tonight, sitting here at Central Baptist Church, uh, who is not saved, who has not yet received the gift of salvation, Lord, help them to even see tonight. I believe that is the greatest gift that we can give back to you, is just to receive your Son as our Savior. And we'll give you glory for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we uh, get started here with the message that I believe God put on my heart tonight, I once again have entitled this, Our Gift to God. And as, as I started thinking about this, you know, um, we've been praying a lot about this Christmas season. A lot of us have been buying gifts, uh, getting gifts, maybe receiving some. I've received many from you guys, from some students, and, and I appreciate uh, it's been many blessings, food, gift cards, and different things. <laughs> uh, and so I appreciate that, that I've been receiving. And I just started thinking tonight about what is something that I can give God. And I know we've been praying about even maybe giving God some funds that we have here at our church, but I, I just started really thinking, God really impressed in my heart, Lord, What's something that maybe I can give back to you? And in the process of me thinking about this, I'm thinking, what really can we actually give God? Because does he not own everything? Is God not sovereign over everything? John chapter number one, verse three says, and listen to, <laughs> I'm going to say this word a lot, all, all. That word's going to come across a lot. All things were made by him, speaking about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. All things were made by him and without him. Without God was not anything made that was made. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 26, For the earth is the Lord's, 
and the fullness thereof. In other words, this planet, this earth that we live on, that we step on, is God's, and everything inside of it belongs to him. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, we just read it, but uh, to read it again, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For thou hast created, here it is again, all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And I started thinking about, man, God owns everything. What really does God need? As me as a Christian, what can I actually give God and say, hey, this is for you and God and thinking that you're giving me something I already own. And so I started thinking, Lord, what is it that in my life or in in our lives as, as a church, as Christians, can we give you? Because in reality, God doesn't need anything. God doesn't need anything to sustain him. We can all poof out of existence. We can all just disappear, and he'll still be in existence because he's eternal. He doesn't need oxygen. He doesn't need money to live. He doesn't need anything. And so when you start thinking about that, man, what really then can I give? What can I do to a God who already has everything, right? Because a lot of us, we want something for Christmas most likely that we don't have. I don't think any of you would like to open a gift and say, yeah, I already have this. You don't want a double repeat. You want something you don't have. And so you think about that when it thinks to gifts. You want something you don't have, but God has everything. But tonight, as we think about this, even though he's in need of nothing, we understand that he's not in need of anything, and we know anything we have came from him as well. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, and with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So that thought again, I can only give something back to God that's already his. And so even what I have to offer in a sense of materialistic wise, in a sense, he doesn't need it. And I, the only reason I have it is because he's given it to me. It already belongs to him, and I'm just offering it back. So once again, God doesn't need anything. However, there are some things that God wants. And that's the difference. God doesn't need anything, but I believe through what we'll see here tonight in the Bible, there are some things that God wants. You and I want something for Christmas. Sometimes when we open up gifts at Christmas, sometimes we, re- we, re- we receive things that we need. Oh man, yes, I needed this or I needed that. But so there are things that you and I, we want. And tonight what I want to share with you are things that God actually wants. And yes, God does want. He has a desire. Like we have desires. We were created in his image with intellect, emotion, and will. God has desires. We have desires. He, we were created in his image. So it shouldn't surprise us that God does have a want from us. It shouldn't surprise us that God desires things. He has a will. And tonight, I just want to look at some things that God wants from his people, including myself. And I believe some of these things, some of these things that I'll talk about here tonight can be the perfect gift for God this season depending on who you are. And as I want to start off, as I get into some of these points, uh, Pastor Chapel, when I was at West Coast Baptist College, and we had a PT 101 and, and pastoral theology class that I took with him, and just so many quotes that I remember receiving from him. And this is one that, I don't know if I'm saying it word for word, but I, I just remember the thought here. And as we get into this, thing about this. He used to say, God's gift to us as a human, as a human race, mankind, is salvation. And what we do with that gift 
will be our gift to him. That's what Pastor Chappie said. God's gift to us is salvation, and what we do with that gift, that salvation, can be our gift to him. And tonight, as we look into some points tonight, these are just some gifts that I believe we can be given back to God here tonight. And number one, what is one gift that as we believers we can give God? Well, number one, I want to start off with a gift of our attention. The gift of our attention. If you would with me, go to Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus is the book right after Genesis, second book in the Bible, if you're struggling with that one. Exodus chapter number 20. And this is where we find where God spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai and he was given them the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter number 20, we're going to read the first five verses, five verses, and there's one word that sticks out here that I want us to notice, but number one, as we think about what are, what are gifts that we can give to God, and I'll expand on this here, number one, what kind of gift can we give to God? The gift of our attention as Christians. Now look at Exodus chapter number 20 and verse number one. This is what the Bible says. It says, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt, make, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a what? Jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. And as we know, we know the story here that in the middle of God giving the commandments in Exodus 32, Israel's building a golden idol. And so they, they fail at that one. But God is trying to tell Israel something. And, and this is something I believe that God still speaks to us about. God is a jealous God. What does that mean? That means God wants your attention. God wants all of you. He doesn't want your eyes upon any other God. As Psalms describes as a God that have eyes that cannot see, ears that can't hear, mouths that can't speak. He wants your attention. And during this Christmas season, I of all people know, because I absolutely love Christmas, know how easy it is to get consumed with this holiday, to get consumed with the Christmas lights. Anybody have Christmas lights up on their house? Anybody like to go look at Christmas lights? <laughs> if, if you saw my house... If you saw, there, I don't have anything on my house right now, and I'm ashamed to say that. I don't have any Christmas lights. But I live to, uh, actually, Mr. Corley's son, uh, Joe Corley, and, man, his house is insane. I mean, he just went all out. Lights, like, stripped all over the roof, all over the bushes, trees, like, like cardboard cutouts, everything. And then you get to our house, our neighbor, and it's just dark. You know, and it's just embarrassing. Man, we didn't do anything. But I love just looking at Christmas lights. I just have this what, warm, fuzzy fee feeling, I guess, during Christmas. I don't know if anybody else has that, but Christmas, I just love everything that it entails. And, and sometimes when we celebrate it, it's so easy to get consumed that all our attention goes into gifts, into lights, into the music. I mean, what about God? And God is up there saying, I'm so jealous for you right now. I want your attention. I want your attention. You know, even as teachers, uh, we know what it's like to want attention from our students, don't we? Uh, when we don't have the attention of our students, we try to get it. Hey, pay attention in class. Hey, sit up, right? We know what it's like to not have an attention of someone that we want, and it frustrates us. Whenever I'm teaching, I might have a student who's not listening. I want their attention. It frustrates me when I don't have their attention, and I believe it's the same with God. 
that during this holiday and during any time, really, that if we're so consumed with this world and what it has to offer, we forget we're just passing through. This is all temporary, everything that we see, and our attention is set on this world and not on things above, and God is jealous about that. And tonight, as we leave and, and we look at these points, what's one thing as Christians, and we're, we're all different, we're at different stages and different things, so everyone's different at this. Some of us may be in here, or your attention is fully at God, and that's great, but some of us, maybe our attention needs an, a little bit of uh, GPS, getting right back onto where it should be, and that's God this holiday, that's God this season, and that's a gift I truly believe we can give God, the gift of our attention, that when, when, when we pray and we say, you know what, God, you know, I've, I've been so distracted, so consumed with so many things, help me to just focus on you, and I believe that'll be a perfect gift for God, I really do, I really believe that that'll bring joy to God's heart, knowing that he has your attention, and that you're telling him, I want to give you my attention. And so that's something, once again, I thought practical, even for me. God, I want to give you more of my attention. I don't want anything else to just get rid of you or, or shine the light out from you. I want you to be on the forefront of my mind. And so my question, once again, for that point is, does God have your attention tonight? What's on the forefront of your mind tonight, even sitting here in the Puyat Church? I know so many things to be on our mind, but your attention right now should be with God. And at God. And I believe tonight that maybe if your attention, you've been struggling with giving your attention, giving your affection to God, where you can leave tonight and say, God, I want to give you a gift tonight. I'm going to give you back my attention. I'm going to give you back what you deserve. I'm going to give you that honor and I'm going to give you my attention. That's number one. One thing as a gift I believe we can give back to God, and He wants it, by the way, because He's a jealous God. When He doesn't have our attention, he wants it. And that could be maybe one of us, our Christmas gift to God, even before you leave tonight. You need to just say, you know what, Lord, my attention has been on the wrong place, and I want to give that back to you. Number two, number two, if you would go to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. And this one I'm going to break down a lot, but Romans chapter number 12, many, many of us are familiar with this verse about Paul writing and the expectations to a Christian. Is it reasonable for us to serve God? Yes, it's completely reasonable. It's re in other words, we can argue why we should be living for God. And so number one, what's one gift we can give to God tonight is our attention. He's jealous and he wants it. And maybe some of us need to work on just giving God our full attention. Number two, what's another gift we can give God tonight before we live is the gift of a living sacrifice. The gift of giving God our body. And I'll explain that here in a second. Look at Romans chapter number 12 and look at verse number one. Romans chapter number 12, verse number one. It says... I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your what? Bodies. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so as we look at these points, once again, once again number one, giving God our attention. Number two, giving God our very lives, our body. And as God is speaking to me about this, I just break it down here and I think about, you know, we can give God the gift of our ears. You say, well, what do you mean? Uh, what we listen to. As, we, as I think of my body, I think about our ears, our mouth, our eyes, and that's what I'll talk about here in a second. But we think about giving God our body, a living sacrifice. And some of us, maybe we're listening to things that are filthy. Some of us are listening to things that are ungodly. And some of us are, are around and listening, once again, to things that just a good, godly Christian should not be listening to or should be around. And tonight could be one of those things. Hey, God, listen, my ears have been around things, listening to things that are not godly, things that are not good. I don't want to give my ears as a gift to you. It's part of my body. 
and I want my body to be a living sacrifice. You should have these ears. What I listen to, what I hear is around me. Lord, I give you my ears. These are the thoughts that I'm thinking about. And so negatively, you think about filthy music or filthy language. What, are, what, what exactly are these ears listening to? Positive, you think about godly music or clean language, the complete opposite. I'm going to be trying my best, and sometimes I know many of us work in different workplaces, and sometimes you maybe just can't help being surrounded by people who curse a lot, some people who blaspheme God's name, but, but maybe you can have the boldness and God say, hey, you know, when I'm around maybe in the workplace, can you just not use this kind of language or, or try to work on that? Because these ears are precious. And I'll get into the second one here. These ears are precious, and what we hear really affects us, believe it or not, as Christians. And tonight, if maybe there's things that these ears are, these ears are listening to, you can say, God, tonight, as a part of a gift of giving you my body, I'm going to give you my ears and what I've been listening to, what I've been around. In Proverbs chapter number 2, and you don't have to turn there, but in Proverbs chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2, it says this, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandment with thee, so that, here it is, incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. And then in Mark 4, uh, he, he gives a parable of the sower, the sower, and at the end of that, he says, And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know, it's, and my wife knows this, right? It's one thing to hear, and it's another thing to listen. Right? What did I just say back? I used just said, no, that's not what I said, right? You just completely failed. It's easy to hear things and not truly listen. And God isn't just saying, hey, everybody listen up. If you study that out, the same idea is if you have ears to hear, let, let them hear. The idea is, is to take heed, to listen tonight. I wonder right now, and, and I know it's weird to think about, but I wonder tonight how many of your ears are focused to my voice? Not because of anything of me, but because I'm preaching God's word and I believe through the Holy Spirit. Are your ears inclined unto God's word? Are you willing and open to receive it? Or are your ears, is my message going through one ear and out the other right now? Have you already tuned me out? That's the thought once again. Is the ears giving our ear to God? Uh, this was said after the parable of the sowers once again, the ear. God isn't just telling people uh, just to listen up. He wants them to take heed, to actually use your ears for what God has given them. Listen to the word of God. Pay attention. Give heed to his words so that you might be someone who maybe plugs your ears to preaching. God wants your ears. He wants them back. And tonight, you can give God the gift of your ears. I know it sounds funny. But you can give God your ears and say, you know what, Lord, I've been tuning you out. I haven't been listening to godly things, but tonight I want to give you my ears. I want to focus on that again. And, and another one, under the gift of a body, a living sacrifice, what about our eyes and what we see? Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave unto me. You know, our ears and our eyes affect what we think and what comes out eventually, which I'll get to next, is the mouth. And our ears... Our, they're, they're, God have gave him to us, and so did he give our eyes. Jeremiah says his eyes affected his heart. Our eyes really affect us. What is it that we're watching tonight? What is it that we've been looking at? You know what David said? I'm not going to lay my eyes as part of my body being a living sacrifice. The eyes are part of my body. Lord, I need to give you back my eyes because I've been watching things. I've been looking at things that are ungodly. And it's been affecting my mind. There's no filter in it. And so tonight, once again... If maybe your eyes have been offending you, causing you to sin, well, once again, listen to this. You have heard that it was said of them by of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And 
If thine right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy, once again, the whole body, the eyes and member of the body, should be cast into hell. And so if your eyes causing you if, you, if you've been looking at ungodly things, watching ungodly things, listening to ungodly things, pluck it out. Get rid of it. Give the eyes back to God. He created our eyes. He created our ears. We ought to be using and listening and watching and looking at things that bring glory back to him. That's a gift to him. Because I know some of us are struggling with these things, with what we're listening to, giving God our attention, giving God our eyes. And I believe these are all practical things that you can give back to God. So you know what, Lord? I've been looking at things that are not good. With these eyes, I've been using them for ungodly things. I want to give my eyes back to you. That's my gift to you this Christmas, Lord. I want to give that back to you. I want to give back my eyes so that you can have him. And once again, the eyes and the ears are the gates for when, what things come in. And eventually, they're going to come out through the next point, our mouth. What's the next, another gift you can give God as you leave here tonight? Not only your attention, your body as your eyes and your ears, but your mouth. Our mouth we can give as a, uh, as a gift to God. What we say, how we speak, preaching the gospel gossiping. Go to James chapter number three right now. James chapter number three. Many of us are familiar with this passage as we know the mouth is a very hard thing to control. And in James chapter number three, I want you to look with me at verse number one. James chapter number three and verse number one. It says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all, and if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth, even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. Let's keep reading verse 6, James 3, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Look at that. A world, our mouth, our tongue is a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is the set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God and even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be. And one of the gifts that maybe some of us are struggling with the idea of gossip. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Once again, you can be somebody that someone's around listening to gossip and bringing them down. But God has given us this mouth to be exhorting one another, to be encouraging one another, not tearing apart ministries, not bringing people down. This is a mouth that is precious. And once again, God has given us, and it says it's a world of iniquity. No man, it's, it's the hardest thing to tame. You know, soft answer turneth away wrath. This mouth can get us into a world of trouble. It really can. And some of us have maybe been struggling with our mouths, what we've been saying, 
Maybe some of us have been using filthy language, blaspheming God's name. Whatever it is, we can give tonight a gift back to God. And what could that gift be? The gift of our mouth. Lord, I want you to have this mouth because maybe I haven't been using it for godly things. Maybe I've been gossiping. Maybe I just, my mouth isn't, isn't yours. And I'm giving my mouth to you tonight, God, as a gift this Christmas. I want you to have, I want you to use and how you see fit. And that could be also used for preaching the gospel. The mouth using for preaching God's word, sharing the gospel to the world. And so thinking about more things, as I think about the, the, the eyes, the ears, the mouth, what about the feet? Go to Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10, and I want you to look with me starting at verse number 13. Our feet. You can give God your feet tonight. Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 13. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they not have believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be what? Sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad, glad tidings of, or good tidings. Matthew chapter 28 says, go, go. We have to move in order to go. We can't stay put. I think about Acts chapter number one and how God in Acts chapter number 1, verse 8 says, you're going to receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Samaria, all Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And they were ungodly because their feet were planted. They weren't going into all the world that God had commanded them to until they got persecuted. Then they scattered, and God's will started being fulfilled. But tonight, you can use your feet to go out into the uttermost parts of the earth and preach the gospel. And the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet. Maybe our feet haven't really been going out into the streets and knocking on doors. Maybe our feet have been planted, haven't been doing what they should have been. Well, tonight you can say, Lord, you can have my feet. You can have my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my feet, my hands. Lord, everything you can have. And if your right hand offends you, pluck the right hand as well. Get rid of these things, the Bible says. But these, I believe, are all little things. Little, I really believe, little things that can be big that you can give back to God tonight if he doesn't already have them. This is my gift to you, God. I give you my attention because you don't have it right now. I give you my body. I give you my eyes, what I've been looking at, listening to, what I've been speaking, where I've been going, what I've been using my hands to do. I give my body to you as a gift, God, as a living sacrifice. Number three, second to last, the gift of giving. So the gift of our attention, we can give God the gift of our attention, give God the gift of our bodies, and give God the gift of giving. I won't take too much time on this one, but we can give God our time. We can give God our time. Sometimes throughout the day, we might say, oh, I just don't have enough time to do this. I, don't just, I just don't have enough time to do that. There's so many reasons, and tonight we just need to set all things aside and give God our time. We have plenty of time. We, we need to make time. God should be number one and everything else second to it. We can give God our time. We can give God our money here at Central Baptist Church that God seeks to, to use as an investment here for WTYG, our, ra our radio ministry, Amen. which many people have been saved through. I know, I've, and I've listened to, and I, I love listening to the Institute of Christian Research and, and the different things on there. And, and we can give God uh, our money here at the church for the building funds, the needs. It's a gift to God. It's, and by, by the way, he doesn't need it. <laughs> he doesn't need it, but he wants it. These are all things he wants. You can give God our time, our money, our resources. 
You know, if God has blessed some of us with an abundance, we should share with others our resources. We should share with others our resources. Whatever it is that we have, maybe somebody, maybe our neighbor does need some honey for their tea or something. I don't know. Maybe our neighbor needs, give them something. Give them a resource to be a blessing. We can just be giving so many things. And as a gift to God, that can be a blessing to him. Giving God our time, our money, our resources. And lastly tonight, the greatest gift I believe anybody, specifically an unbeliever, can give God. And go to Luke chapter number 15 right now. Luke chapter number 15, and we'll finish with this tonight. The greatest gift that God, I believe, can seek from any one of us tonight, specifically an unbeliever, is the gift to receive him as your Savior. The gift of salvation. Second Peter 3.9 says, For God is not slack concerning his promise, but is not willing, listen, not willing, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what God wants from an unbeliever sitting in this church tonight? You know the greatest gift you can give to him is to give up the fight and say, God, I'm going to accept you as my Savior tonight. God, I'm going to accept you as my Savior tonight. In Luke chapter number 15, I think about the parable of the lost sheep, the 99 and the 1, the parable of the lost coin with a woman swept around until she found it, and then the parable of the prodigal son who left home, ran away, and spent all his money in riotous living, ungodly things, but came back. But some key verses I want you to look at. Luke chapter number 15. After the sheep, the 99, look at Luke chapter 15, look at verse number 7. It says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than over 90 and 9 just persons which need no repentance. Speaking about the one sheep out of the 99. And the parable of the lost coin, I want you to look with me at verse number 10. Likewise, again, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels. God himself is joyful in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repent. There is nothing that will make God happier tonight. There is no gift that you can give him that is greater than you receiving him as your Savior tonight if you have not accepted him as your Savior. And then a verse number 52 after the parable, the, the parable of the lost son, or 32. Luke 15, 32, it says, It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again, lost and is found. There's nothing more precious to God than that one sinner would repent. And I believe that so many gifts us Christians we can give God would bring, bring joy to him. But more than anything, what would bring the most joy, I believe, is if an, a, a sinner who has not received him as a savior tonight would say, you know what, God, I'm giving up and I'm going to give you the gift of my life being saved. Because God doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to come to the knowledge of repentance, to accept him as a savior. God wants as many people to be in heaven as possible. And so do I. And maybe you're sitting here tonight and you've never received that gift. You can do it tonight as you leave. The gift of attention, the gift of our body, our eyes, our ears, our feet, our hands, and then the gift of giving our time, money, resources, and the gift of salvation. You can give that back to God. Let's pray.